So can I take Alan those 6,000 customers times the $100 ARPU you talked about earlier? You guys are giving out 600,000 bucks a month right now and just SaaS revenue, subscription revenue? So we, we have about 400,000 euros okay. in, in, in the MRR right now. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Alan Martinson. He is CEO of Zolo since 2018 with a mission to build it into the largest SaaS platform for running a freelance business. He's a serial entrepreneur, investor, and executive in the past, served as a CEO of Starship Technologies, the leader in self-driving robotics, was the founder of MTVP, the first VC firm in the Baltic States, and the CEO of Microlink, the largest Baltic IT services and online media company. Lastly, the founder and CEO of Baltic News Service, the largest, the region's largest news agency. Alan, you ready to take us to the top? Hi. How are you? you? Do you also run the Baltic government? <laughs> almost, almost. Yes, so there is no every- Baltic government. It's just three countries, but yes, you're it's everywhere. Close. Yeah. All right, folks. If you want to follow along, it's xolo.io. Alan, what are you building? Who are you selling to? Yeah, sure. We are one of the largest uh, platforms for freelancers and solopreneurs in Europe, with about hundred thousand people signed up. And what we do for some is to cover the full life cycle from registration to running the business and invoicing, expense management, connecting the bank accounts to the platform. And we also have embedded accounting and tax filing service in, in, in our SaaS. So it's not just a SaaS platform to run the business, but it also includes the accounting and tax filing service, which is very rare because usually it's done separately by humans. Mm-hmm. We pretty much cover everything except finding new gigs or jobs for freelancers. Interesting. So who are the 100,000 signups you have today? Who are most? Are they writers? Are they designers? Who are they? Yeah, we are focusing what's what we call a higher end of the freelance spectrum, essentially knowledge workers. It can be anybody from like in 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 uh, IT or technology or consulting, and the, but we are always amazed how many micro niches our customers can invent for themselves. So there is an art crime investigator, or there is a guy who plays Batman at the events. So it's uh, it's uh, I'm sorry for that. It's very fascinating and uh, how many real micro niches so people can find for themselves. And so you've got 100,000 of these signups. We'll get back into how you launched this many years ago, but but how are you making money? Yeah, we do have the majority of our revenues coming from subscription payments. Uh, so it, it is anything between 29 to 199, depending on the package, depending on the country and the level of the service. So in average, it's about 70 euros, 80 euros, and uh, like closer to $100, and then if you prefer that, uh, per month. And there mm-hmm. is also a service which is uh, transactional, where people pay us pay on the revenues. So then Interesting. That's that's used you know, for kind of contracting. Uh, so essentially, it's a little bit like um, employer record business, but in except that we hire contractors and uh, rather than full time employees. And uh, 
the customers pay us and a certain percentage from the revenues. And so, Alan, when you, say, when you say transactional GMV, what you mean is if a freelancer bills $1,000 through your platform, you'll get a small cut of that transaction. We get 5%, yes. 5%. Okay. And is that 5% whether it's a million dollars or $2? It's been amazingly constant. Let's say the average customer bills pretty much the same amount uh, and it, uh, those numbers never get to millions it's usually in a few thousand ballpark per month interesting so how much gmv did you guys process in november last month yeah so basically if we take that particular product and uh, where we only charge in, uh, our uh, transactional fee it's close to two million euros uh, processed so okay. but of course and uh, the majority of our customers are paying us monthly fees and they operate their own business let's say the total amount of uh, the revenue of, of our customers our paying customers it's about uh, 20 25 million per month and that's including the people just paying the subscription fee uh, exactly exactly okay but, interesting uh, from the majority of them we don't charge uh, that transactional fee we only only take yep. uh, so don't uh, fix fee. So just to be clear, that transactional fee, you did about 2.3 million United States dollars in November. You taking 5% of that would be something like $100,000 per month from that particular revenue stream. Yes, that's right. That's right. Very interesting. Which one's growing faster, the subscription business or percentage GMV? It's it's mixed because there are a few months where one of them pulls ahead and then some quarters and another one pulls ahead. So it has been like pretty much 50-50, I would say. Okay. So, uh, because we are launching new subscription-based products, uh, so what is uh, Solo doing right now is is launching uh, localized products uh, for the freelancers in different European countries. So, which means that uh, there will be a lot of new uh, market footprints that we are opening up for ourselves, and that again pulls uh, the growth in that direction. Mm-hmm. Give me more of the backstory here, then we'll jump into where you see your space going. When did you launch the marketplace, the business? Yeah, we don't call it a marketplace because uh, really we, we're not providing uh, any jobs or gigs and, uh, for, for the freelancers. But we launched about six years ago. And uh, initially, we launched for customers whom we call location independents. Essentially, people who are either nomadic or maybe expats or maybe running uh, like an international cross-border a freelancer business or a consulting business or maybe have developed some mobile apps that they are selling uh, globally. And those people are usually English-speaking, they're early adopters, they uh, needed just a home for their business or for the global business. And we started from uh, letting them to open a company in Estonia. Estonia is a small country in Europe and, uh, with about 1 million people, and um, it was very, very advanced uh, digital government and uh, favorable tax system. It's not a uh, low-tax uh, country, but uh, it just has... Uh, very favorable taxation system, uh, so like the okay. third corporate income tax and so on. So, and we started from providing um, Estonian legal entities and uh, and the service around that. And, and now we are extending. When you say yes, we, who, who is we? Are you yes. the sole founder? Or do you have a co-founder? Uh, I was. I was. I, was, I joined when the company was already three years old, and um, there were four co-founders. And, uh, three of them are still with the company. Okay, interesting. So, why did you join? You could do anything. You're a successful businessman. You know, what do they have to do to incentivize you to join a CEO? You know, I've been in the VC business for almost ten years, and I approached that in a, as a venture capitalist could do. So, I had a thesis, and the thesis was about 
uh, as a future of work and independent work. And I was looking for a company uh, in Europe that would be revolving around that thesis. So and uh, that company caught my eye. I knew the guys and uh, before, so and they were looking for a CEO, and uh, so we went uh, together. Okay, but Alan, come on, be specific. I want to push you a little bit here. Do they have to give you 10% of the company in a healthy salary or how much equity do you want? A successful guy going into operations, you can drive growth. How much do they have to give you? Yeah, I, I can say that my equity interest is on par with the founders. So okay. uh, yes, okay. there is no discrepancy on that front. Now, obviously, to sort of front, it's just, let's assume all four founders split at 25% at the beginning, right? Did you guys raise extra capital either before you came in or after you came in or are you bootstrapped? It was... the it, it has raised in a series. Uh, sorry, it, it raised a seed and pre-seed before I joined about two million euros in total. So when I joined, uh, we went straight to Series A fundraising, uh, so we, which was uh, six plus three million. So we did a little extension. So it was nine million in total in Series A uh, that we did in in two thousand nineteen and twenty. Okay, interesting. So you split that between uh, 19 and 20. Um, what was that sort of like a rolling Series A or something? Was it the same valuation for both the 6 million and the 3? Yeah, it, it, it was pretty much on the same, uh, the same conditions and uh, extended later on. We added 3 million on top of initial 6. Okay. And the 2 million before you joined, do you remember what year that was in? It was in, uh, in so two and a half rounds in, in 17 and 18, or 16, 17, and 18. So uh, at different valuations uh, from different blue chip angel investors from Europe okay. and Asia. So all together across three years, there were sort of 2.5 million USD raised before you joined. Now there's another 9 million to capitalize the business and drive growth. That's right. Yes. What did you need the capital for? I mean, why couldn't you keep sort of bootstrapping after you joined? Obviously, it's very, very classical uh, evolution of, of a SaaS company. So uh, most of the funds and uh, funding went to uh, customer acquisition and uh, building the product. And so uh, that's what we have been doing. Uh, so uh, obviously, you can always think about bootstrapping strategy, but we have been, we, we would have been grown uh, much slower by mm -hmm. bootstrapping. Mm -hmm. So wh where are you investing that money? What's your team like today? How many people? So we have about 90 plus people, but that also includes about 30 people involved in what we call service delivery, people with accounting and customer support and background. All right, guys, this is almost comical. These guys reached out to sponsor the show, and obviously I use and test every sponsor that comes through. This is crazy. I started asking other founders, hey, have you heard of these guys? And some of the fastest growing SaaS founders use these guys for one specific thing. If you guys are building a SaaS application that relies on your customers integrating with HubSpot or Google Drive or Stripe or Salesforce or MailChimp, having your engineering team spend the time to study all those API docs, manually build the integrations, and then maintain those integrations over time is a massive engineering time suck. This tool allows you to ship those integrations with a push of a button to your customers. You save engineering time, you avoid all those messy docs. It's just a much simpler process. Now, many of you guys solve this by just sending people to Zapier, but that takes people out of your experience, which you don't want to do. Try Paragon today at nathanlatka.com forward slash Paragon. That's nathanlatka.com forward slash P-A-R-A-G-O-N. Well, what is it like? Are you hiring them directly in the Baltics? I mean, what does a senior engineer in the Baltics cost? Yeah, it's it's a very good question because the majority of our engineers they are in Estonia, and uh, again, it's a very small country and has been very very successful in building its own tech industry. Uh, today, it's not 
too different from salaries in, I don't know, in Scandinavia or in London when it comes to the tech industry. Estonia so what, what has, would that be? You're talking like 180,000 USD for a senior engineer in Estonia? It's not directly comparable because tax rates and the cost of living is different, but I would say it's in four to 5,000 euros per month, which translates into like seventy to $80,000. But of yep. course, taxation is different. We only have 20% income tax. And yep. like on the numbers you mentioned in the US, you would pay close to half in taxes. Yep. Interesting. Okay. So you talked about your earlier customers. You really built this for Baltics, Estonia, et cetera, to get people signed up. Those are your first customers. How many customers are you serving now today? Today we have about five, 6,000 paying customers. And since we have a freemium product, people can sign up. And as I said, we have 100,000 people signed up so they can start using whenever they are ready because there is a transactional model as well. Mm-hmm. What what is the metric that those hundred thousand free users hit that makes them convert into one of the six thousand paid? Uh, they need to have a business. Like they can look around, <laughs> and um, it, yeah, essentially they can look around. But they, when they issue the first invoice on the platform, which is a real invoice, getting paid by the customer, they become uh, our paying customers. Interesting. So can I take Alan those six thousand customers times the hundred dollar ARPU you talked about earlier? You guys are giving out six hundred thousand bucks a month right now and just SaaS revenue, subscription revenue? So we we have about four hundred thousand euros okay. uh, in in the uh, MRR right now. Okay, call that four hundred and seventy USD. Now that includes your transactional business and your SaaS business? Yes, that's everything. Okay. And transactional is about a hundred and ten thousand USD right now. So pure SaaS that's is right. about three sixty, something like that. Yeah, so about 25% of that comes from transactional and three quarters. Love it. From- Super smart. Talk, talk to me about growth. If you're doing saw 470,000 bucks a USD today, a month in revenue, where were you exactly a year ago? About 50% less. Okay, that's pretty healthy growth. Where's most of the growth come from? Expanding current customers or adding new ones? Adding new ones. So most of our growth comes from adding new ones. So our ARPO has been pretty stable and um, uh, so there's not too much upsell. Our customers they are really small businesses or maybe even like part-time freelancers. You can't you know, increase ARPU like endlessly with those guys, yep. which means that then uh, almost all of our marketing effort is to find new customers across Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, talk to me about about you know when most people are doing a Series A. I mean, you know this coming from VC world. You're selling usually between ten and twenty percent of the business. Were you guys sort of in that average range, or did you do something unique? It's it was pretty much. You know, in the standard corridor. Okay, got it. So, so let's call it maybe somewhere between like a fifty and hundred million dollar valuation on the Series A. Uh, it, it was smaller than that. Oh, it was more than hundred million. Okay, so you sold? Uh, no, no, it was less than that. Less than that. Oh, okay, got it. In, got in, it. Our, in our Series A, because it was about what two and a half years ago when we fixed the price. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Okay, so that was at lower than a fifty million valuation. Yes, and that. I see. Okay, so nine million on a fifty pre. I mean, so so what? You guys sold like twenty percent of the business then, something like that, in the Series A. We have about half of our cap table um, in the hands of seed, pre seed, and Series A investors. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, cool, interesting. And then, did you um, do you recommend setting up an ESOP pool for other founders? And if so, how much did you set up for employees out in your Series A round? Yeah, we do have ESOP covering all of our employees, and we are in a bit like in a non-standard situation because we have several high-level executives who joined later. So that's why our ESOP is probably a bit bigger than usual. So it's about 15, 16% of the cap table right now. 
Okay. Okay. That means then like, I'm, I'm sort of guessing here, but your original four co-founders, maybe each own 10%, you own 10%, employee option pool is 15% and investors own five zero percent something sort of like that. Yeah, you're close. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, Talk to me a little bit more about M&A, right? I mean, a lot of people are trying to service these sorts of freelancers. A lot of people believe everyone's going to be a founder or freelancer in 10 years because Amazon's paying less wages. People are quitting their jobs, launching side projects. I imagine you've had some M&A offers. Why haven't you sold? I believe it's way too early. And uh, again, the same sentiment is shared by, uh, by our VCs. Percy invested just recently, and we are right now in the middle of uh, our Series B uh, preparations. So, uh, which means that our key goal is to uh, become significantly bigger before we consider any exit or M and A. But this being said, yes, we have had some interest and in, uh, companies approaching us, and, uh, but it has been too early yet. Yep, yep. Now, when you you're preparing for your Series B, what are you going to target? What what amount do you think you're going to try and raise? It's about 15, 18 million uh, euros that we are targeting right now. Okay, so it's maybe $17 million, something like that. And do you yeah, think you can get up? Million, ab- okay, 20 million. Okay. And do you think you can get up above sort of $100 million valuation, which would be like a 20x multiple on your current revenue? Again, I would leave that job to the VCs and do uh, give <laughs> us a valuation. So, uh, that's in your blood, though. Come on, you're 10 years at a VC. Yeah. You, you got to have yeah, some but idea. That's, exactly. That's, that's why I love those guys to do some work as well. But. Uh, <laughs> But yes, and uh, I believe you are you are uh, speaking about the right ballpark. But again, uh, I've seen sometimes it's it's dangerous uh, to come up with and uh, with numbers, and uh, sometimes you hit too low, sometimes they hit too high. So fair enough. Talk to me real quick before we wrap up about your churn. Obviously, SMBs usually see higher churn, but what's your churn today? Yeah, again, it is um, the majority of our churn is actually coming because as the customers uh, they maybe go back to traditional employment or they wrap up their businesses. Almost nobody leaves us because they don't like the service. Uh, a handful of, of the customers and grow out from service, so it's uh, between twenty twenty five percent a year, which is pretty much like normal churn in in like you know, one man businesses uh, overall on the market. Sorry, how much? How much per month? You said gross gross uh, churn. Uh, it's a uh, twenty to twenty five percent per year. Per year, so it's, it's about like uh, maybe yeah one point seven two percent per month. That's not that's not terrible. Now, do you have expansion revenue occurring that fills up that twenty five percent hole or no? Yeah, it, uh, obviously, yes. So we are we are growing on top of that. So it's an, um, so, so your net dollar a, your net dollar retention is above one hundred percent then. A bit less. A bit okay, but close. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, very cool. All right, on that note, uh, Alan, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite book? Oh, <laughs> it's a good question. The Probably Innovator's Dilemma, uh, which was like really cool management book like 20 years ago. Yeah, still, still find, pretty cool. Find it, yeah, I find it very, very useful. All right, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Elon Musk. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Zolo? Oh, it's most likely communication tools like Slack. And uh, I would say like 70% of my time is spent on Slack, most likely. Okay, number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? <laughs> Much less than I would like to. Uh, six to seven. Okay. And situation, married, single kids? And I'm uh, single with uh, four kids. Like the youngest wow. actually left the room right now. Uh, she's eight. Wow, busy guy. How old are you? I am 55. 55. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Uh, can you repeat that question, please? Yeah, something that you wish you knew back when you were 20 years old. 
of my 20 years old, I, I was still in Soviet Union, and uh, I wish I knew everything. So uh, it, it, it was totally different environment. I didn't know almost anything which, when it comes to like how capitalism works and uh, how, how companies are operating and so on. Guys, I wish I, I could learn all of that back then. Yeah. There you have it from Alan. Was a VC, now an operator, starting in 2018, building Zolo.io, an application, a SaaS tool that helps freelancers grow their business. They did $235,000 a month about a year ago, now up to $470,000 a month. So growing fast, over a $5.5 million run rate. 25% of the revenue comes from a percent of GMV model. We love this SaaS Plus model. They raised a $9 million Series A previously. 50% of the business about is owned by investors. The rest of the team, they're looking at raising you know, a $15 to $20 million Series B right now. We'll see what happens. Alan, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Peter.